Thanks for hanging out with us here on Cody and Gold. Hope your Thursday is going well. One o'clock hour, Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. We're expected to have Michael Massey of the Royals join us in the next uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Already talked to Kyle Isbell in the noon hour today as baseball is uh, definitely in full swing out in Surprise, Arizona. And tomorrow, the Royals will actually open up Cactus League play. You just heard uh, from Vern there, Vern's hot stove. All that is back Good to hear Vern once again. We'll start having Vern on our show when we get closer to the season as well. And uh, perhaps J.J. Piccolo uh, on the show next week. We'll work on that. Uh, I wanted to to talk about Orlando Brown Jr. a little bit more and just like the the scenarios and everything where we're at with with him because I think we all understand what's going to happen this week or next week, which is he gets tagged. Okay, fine. No surprise. Really nothing changes. You buy yourself some time. But – as James Palmer of NFL Network kind of laid out, it's it's not just the idea of, oh, well, we don't want to pay or we do want to pay Orlando Brown Jr. to be the first or second highest paid left tackle. We think he's this. It is what repercussions does it also have for the future of guys like Creed Humphrey, who you might have to take care of, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney's cap number goes up to $22 million. Are they going to restructure that? Uh, Which Andrew, locks him in maybe a little longer here in Kansas City. Andrew Wiley. At right tackle is a free agent. Right now, you do not have like you, right now you do not have a right tackle. I understand, and, and like this is going to affect the Orlando Brown contract. Obviously, it sounds like you think it's just not like not your personal. You also don't think they should give him a long term contract. Right Correct. Now, do you think he's going to get no, one? Not in Kansas City. I think I think the the only to me personally the only scenario I see him in Kansas City is he plays on the tag again. He'll be frustrated all off season again. He'll show but they've structured it in a way where you have to show up and correct play, now or he, cost and, yourself and, yep. mountains and, and, of cash. And if I can't remember the exact, he ended up missing way less time than everybody thought too. He barely missed any time in St. Joe. I mean, he was, he missed like, a day. like a day or two. I was yeah. like a day or two. And, and at that point, at least you were able to say, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to go out and prove them wrong. And I'm going to go get my payday next off season. And nice what off happens season. when, what, what happens now that, you know, maybe you're not going to get paid this offseason. You're frustrated. I, yeah. So I, I think the the if he's playing in a Chiefs uniform next year, I believe it'll be on the tag. I So here's the thing is that looking at it from that perspective is why I would be way more inclined to bring back Wiley. Like, so like James Palmer report where he was talking about that. You can just hear that is stuff that's coming from someone in a front office. Sure. Just the way it's said. Oh, you know, Creed Humphrey, we're going to have to pay him soon. We think Trey, he said, they think Trey Smith is the most talented guy on the entire offensive line. And Joe Tooney's cap number goes up. And a guy that they spent a lot of money on, and they called him the lead, like uh, James Palmer Report said, he's the leader of the offensive line. All right, so if Joe Tooney's the leader, Creed Humphrey's the most, he's the all pro, and Trey Smith is the most untapped talent, why the hell are you paying the other one, right? If you don't think he's any of those three, if you don't think Orlando Brown Jr. is the most talented with the highest upside or the pro bowl or the all pro guy or the leader, then it doesn't make sense. I think that they're bracing themselves for this isn't going to work out again. I think last year they were more optimistic and probably should have been more optimistic that there was a pretty good chance Orlando Brown Jr. was going to sign that long-term extension, find his way here in Kansas City and stay here for a long time. I think they thought that the number they had offered was fair to a point, but they were protecting themselves. Orlando Brown Jr., when he came to Kansas City, was a right tackle who got thrust into left tackle due to injury, who thought he was a left tackle, and the the Chiefs gave him a chance to do that because they desperately needed someone to play left tackle. He's proven 
a rightful spot at left tackle in the NFL. We'd agree there, right, with Orlando Brown Jr.? He's just proven that he's not at this stage, or likely any stage, based on the amount of evidence we have, to turn into one of the five best left tackles in the NFL. So it's like, uh, at that point, I feel like the way they're talking to James Palmer and others is them bracing themselves for, he's not going to be here in the long term. Like yeah, they're openly my, admitting it. My my dream scenario this offseason with, with how it plays out with him is that they tag him. Uh, they, meanwhile, are working on a trade with the Texans for Laramie Tunzel. And simultaneously, they have a trade partner for Orlando Brown Jr., either to the Texans or with another team. And I would be willing to pay Cody Laramie Tunzel top two, top three left tackle money because I think Here's he is the, that. Why don't we talk about the tag and trade with him more? Why, if you only know you're going to get one year of left tackle of him, why wouldn't they tag and trade him? I don't, I don't think anybody's not talking. I think it's it's being discussed. I mean, we're, we're obviously talking about right now. I mean, I think I think that's something that's absolutely in the cards. I That but, would be my, by the way, here's that why, is my number one but, choice, just to tag and here, trade. Here's the, reason, the only reason why I'm willing to talk about it right this second is because it ties in with a potential trade for Laramie Tunzel. My concern with the tag and trade, if you don't already have another answer for me who is playing left tackle is, you still have to have the other side of what's what's it's not just tag and trade and it's great. We get first round picks back and we yada, yada, yada. Who's playing left tackle? And have you already resolved right tackle? So that, that so has my to case, for me. if I'm trading, yeah. tag and trading Orlando Brown Jr. Wiley's a part of that conversation. I'm bringing him back. So okay. he's your right, so right tackle. tackle. Okay. So I got four of the five spots locked up. I understand that the most glaring spot Left is still available. And honestly, I'm probably going cheap one year veteran and then <sighs> looking for the drafted solution. Mm. Look, I'd be fine with trading Laramie Tunsil, but that's what I would probably be looking at if I were the chiefs, because to me, there's absolutely no value in that. Not no value. There's way less value. Tagging and playing the entire year and getting nothing. Because the comp pick formula, even if Orlando Brand Jr. were leaving free agency or whatever, I mean, like a fourth round pick, I can do better than that if I trade him right now. Right, but there's, as you, you've said, I'm only it working yourself, a year trying, ahead. It you, sucks. You but you said it yourself. You want to you wanna really get this thing, this dynasty stuff to where there's no debate about whether they're in a dynasty now. You want to ring next year. And I, I'm just, for one more year, I think it, in the, when, when you're the Chiefs in the spot that they're in, I think you're more likely to, you know, as you said, like get nothing in, in a year and a half or whatever. If it means that you you have a left tackle that can help you go win a championship still versus what you would potentially have. We can all acknowledge that he is a top 10 left tackle. I feel like there's this and maybe we can maybe we can we can talk to some former NFL players on this at some point this offseason. Maybe I'm completely off base here. I feel like people don't realize the difference between the eighth best left tackle and suddenly going and signing the veteran you're talking about that might be the 19th best. I don't know if you want to see the difference in that cap. If you were frustrated during the regular season at times with Brown, I don't know if you want to know what it's like to have instead of the eighth, the 19th or 20th best. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating the gap, but that's that's how I look at it. Like, there's a difference. I think it's me. a bigger gap. One, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know either. So I really don't. I mean, none of us know the defender. I, I'd love to talk to a... Uh, a current offensive lineman or a former offensive lineman about that because I, I think there's a bigger gap than we realize from like oh he's the eighth best not the fifth best versus eighth and all of a sudden you're getting the veteran on a one year cheap deal Cody that's been around for a while uh, that that is going to be the 18th best. Left I'll say tackle. this: I can definitely tell the difference between guys like Tunsil and Worfs and Darisaw. You know, like there's definitely yeah. a difference between starting them. Yeah. And starting Orlando Brown Jr. And you've said before that Pro Football Focus, one of the few rankings that you actually kind of trust them a little bit, is offensive line play. At the end of the season, they had him rated in the 20s. 
So are we sure? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we could do the sure same thing with your guy, not? Andrew Wiley. You wanted him benched in week nine, and you wanted to try Prince, yeah. whatever his name is. No, look. So, it, I mean. <laughs> no, and so. look, they found they found ways, no matter where they had them rated and where they had those guys. And look, I don't think I wanted to go into the season, this next season, saying Prince is the guy no, at left he's tackle. he's too, I think, isn't he? <laughs> it just depends. Like, I understand that, like, you know, guys that got rated similar to him that were available in the offseason that you're talking about, like, who are these guys? Like Charles Leno Jr. You'd be going after guys like that, which are yeah. certainly names that we tossed around mm-hmm. for Kansas City before we realized that Orlando Brown Jr. was going to become available. And I'm not going to try to pretend to you here there's going to be some starting left tackle available pick 31. That's not really how offensive tackles work. If they are starting offensive tackles, uh, like right away, like day one starting offensive tackles, uh, they are in the top 10. Top 15 at worst really in that scenario. But I feel like I, like I understand, like I'm saying like, yeah, I, I want the, the title. Maybe we can talk more about what, how Kansas city should value that sure. uh, here tomorrow. But like, I, there is still a limit. It's like anything else. Like I wanted them to bring Tyree kill back. I wanted to see, but like, there's still a number where we're all like, I don't think so. Right. I don't think that that's going to, you know, I don't think that that's a perfect yeah. circumstance to play. There's still like a line. I just, I have to draw in the sand. That's all. And you know, Brett Veach will next talk what at the combine, probably in Indianapolis. Yeah, so that's probably how, right. You know, he's going to of course be asked. It'll be interesting to see. But then he will have they, had to have tagged him, right? I mean, the, yeah, well that, I mean, we all I don't know the that, that to me is always like, that's just a foregone conclusion of getting tagged. Yeah, I can just let him walk and be so, like, we'll see you later, Orlando. I Good got, luck. I mean, like, one of these days, maybe even during the show, the news is going to come out that, He's been tagged and I'm like, okay, all right. Like, here's the options again, but it's not, not unexpected, not crazy news. It's just kind of part of the formula that you have to go through um, this offseason with the Orlando Brown saga. And remember, let's not forget, he actually has an agent this time. He didn't hire an agent until late last go around. He was patient. Uh, he waited. We were like, he didn't even have an agent yet. This was like March. This was March of last year. Now he has an agent. Is it that we, we talked about his agent who, uh, has not really had a whole lot of experience in the NFL. Like that, all that stuff comes back into play. All that's that still stuff coming comes back, back up with Lamar Jackson, who reported was getting help from the agent. NFL PA, but yeah. he doesn't have a traditional agent yet. You wonder, it makes you wonder on the Lamar stuff real quick that if, if this all would have played out differently, if he actually did have an agent and I understand, I, I can respect the fact that he and his mom wanted to handle it. That's fine. It's hard. That's a I, lot I, of I, yes. I, people in one room telling you yeah, that you should be the highest paid guaranteed contract quarterback in NFL history. But I, I do wonder if we'd be in a different spot to about Lamar's situation. If he actually had a, reputable NFL agent probably depends on the agent. Like for being honest, I'm sure some of it. And I like, I think Orlando Brown jr. Saw through some of the, uh, the stuff the chiefs are trying to do where essentially they're offering him a two year deal or three year deal and protecting themselves for future years. I mean, there's a lot to that. Yeah. I've seen people on the text. I mentioned Taylor Luan uh, at the left tackle spot. You want to take a flyer. Like he can't, he can't be your plan a though. Like you want to, you want to have him. As I would have depth. a backup plan. If yeah, he's your you, plan a, you better yeah. have a plan. One B. Yeah, like right? if you you want to have him around for camp and you think he can contribute and he can compete, fine. But he can't be like, oh, left. We're it's April and we're good. We got him at left tackle. Nothing to see here. The guy hasn't played enough games for you to feel. I that would way. probably have a backup solution. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't go into the season saying we're going to make Taylor Luan our starting left tackle. I'm just saying you better have an option for who's playing it after him. <laughs> that's you know who has to play it if that's the case. But it's funny because that is immediately a left tackle that's available. And a lot of this is like you said. It's like. How much more would it cost me? Let's say you traded Orlando Brown Jr. gold. And with those picks and whatever other picks you want to move around, you then traded for Laramie Tunsil. How much more in additional value would you have to give up? I would think that even though someone knew they were going to have to pay Orlando Brown Jr., you could still get, I think at worst, I think a second round pick, right? 
Like you get a second round pick for Orlando Brown Jr. I would think so. He's he now proven he's going to play left tackle. He's in his prime. He's still in his twenties. He proving he can play left tackle. And the Chiefs gave up a first round pick when they weren't even sure he was a left tackle. Yeah, he's in his. So prime. I mean, second is it worst? I still think there's a possibility you could get a late first, depending on the team and their need for left tackle in their cap position. But let's call it a second. Let's say you had to give up a first for uh, Laramie Tunsil because he's a more proven, more decorated, another guy you're going to have to pay. Okay, so both guys you have to pay a ton of money to, and essentially what you're saying is you're going to go from the twenty or the 31st overall pick to pick 54 for Tunsil. It doesn't sound all that bad on the set, does it? Like, you start putting it that way? If you're willing to make more than one move in order to get there, the only problem is, is that if Laramie Tunsil's available for that, if you're the team, why trade for Orlando Brown Jr.? Why not well, just trade you, for Laramie Tunsil? That's why, because yeah. I think you were gone one of the shows we did. This was like a couple months ago. We were talking about this scenario, and that's the thing. You, yeah, the Orlando Brown would have to be traded to somebody else because, yes, if you're the Texans, there, there's <laughs> make no sense. You have to pay Brown. Why would you just pay Tunsil? Yeah, that, the, the, the trade with the Texans would have to be a separate No, I'm deal. just saying, like, but like, if you're one of the teams who's trading for Orlando Brown Jr., why wouldn't you just trade for Laramie Tunsil? Because the Chiefs already have a deal. Yeah. Well, fine. I guess if they get the deal done before well, you, you sure. You, you basically have them where they would almost coincide. Like you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make either trade without having the other trade already conditionally done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you, you would lose re- leverage on Brown if all of a sudden, let's say, yeah, franchise tag him just let him well, play right well, tackle. I, Could you imagine? I mean, just hypothetically, after all that, no hypothetically, way. if in two weeks the Chiefs traded for Tunzel and they hadn't traded Brown yet, then the Chiefs would have no leverage on trading Orlando Brown Jr. You're like, well, what are you going to do? You didn't have this unhappy guy. You know what I mean? Like you you lose, have to trade him. You'd, to lo- you'd lose. You'd lose, you'd lose some leverage. Not all. There'd still be people who are looking for a left tackle, as you pointed out how hard they are to find sometimes. But I don't think you just lose all. By the way, the Broncos made another move on their staff. We'd mentioned earlier they brought in Vance Joseph to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Lombardi is expected to join their offensive coaching staff, which is not surprising because they go all the way back the to The other those. Lombardi. He's bringing in all these. He's not Michael Lombardi. Let's bring in a bunch of former coaches from the AFC West who have never had success against Patrick Mahomes. How's that sound? Is there anybody else? Somebody else we should we should bring in? Lombardi, actively now. Lombardi is actually, in fairness, Lombardi is a much better fit for what Sean Payton should want to do with Russell Wilson than he ever was for Justin Herbert. He stifled Justin Herbert which was just the worst possible decision. And he's also not the full offensive coordinator, according to those reports. Mike Kliss over there at, I think, nine in, in Denver is reporting that he'll be on the offensive staff. That could be the same as when the Chiefs brought in or reportedly interested, according to Justina Anderson, Pep Hamilton, who would just be, you yeah, know, like if he were to get a job, he'd be spread game analyst they, or whatever. Yeah, you know? they can make titles. Remember, Brad Childress for a little while was like a passing game coordinator for this for the Chiefs. Every team has one of those now, but yeah, anytime you see some of those names, you're like, you're just making stuff up. Assistant to whatever, <laughs> passing game coordinator, spread game analyst, whatever it's going to be. Uh, we'll get to what's trending coming up in 10 minutes. Also still expected to have uh, Michael Massey from the Kansas City Royals join us uh, out at spring training. He's finishing up uh, a little bit of hitting drills and then should make his way to the Royals clubhouse out there in Surprise, Arizona. But this past weekend was the debut of XFL 3.0. That was a uh, a weekend that featured all the teams in action. The Rock, of course, one of the owners. And I told you, like, as far as getting all in on the league, that's not going to happen until these leagues can show they can last a while. But there was one thing that happened, uh, and right away we saw a rule that I think should be implemented immediately in the NFL. And it was a rule where there was a, a team, not only did they have an option to go for a one, two, or a three-point, conversion and they went for a three-point conversion by the way which allowed them to make it a one possession game but then they elected instead of an onside kick with about a minute 20 or so to go one of the teams in the xfl took the 
fourth and 15 option. Well, instead. they were desperate. They kind of had to. But it, but before much better than all an onside you would kick. have you know is that. an onside kick. Fourth and 15. They converted the fourth and 15, Cody, by the way. Then they went down and scored. And I believe they ended up winning the game. So You want the NFL to adopt this insanity? Then let's just have a five insane. point. Then let's just have a five point line in the NBA. No, 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 no. The onside kick part, you don't. You want it? Uh, I'm not talking about the, the two point conversion thing. I'm open to a little bit. I'm more talking about the fourth and fifteen option. Instead of having to do an onside kick, look. I get the option. And by the way, this option is available uh, in the second half only, not the first half, because you don't want to get to that second half only. You can even narrow it down if you want to say it has fourth to happen quarter in, over time. If you want to say it has to happen in the fourth quarter, fine. Fourth and fifteen. It played on the XFL. And your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I love it. Now, you could argue, well, it hurts you because if you have a big lead late on a team, they can come back on you. The Chiefs are playing in close games anyway, Cody. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. This is much better for them than literally anyone else in the league. Fourth and 15, Patrick Mahomes. How many of those do you think he's converting this year? He already converts like 50% of them, so it'd be much better than an onside kick. But they also win at such a rate. To me, I'll be honest, it does feel a bit unnecessarily gimmicky. It's like a four-point line or a five-point line to me. Or like Rock and Jock where they just like stack the baskets up on each other and you could just like shoot them from the rafters slowly down into each hoop. I get the appeal because it adds even more drama, but I don't know that I want teams losing games that they have every business winning. Be like, yeah, an onside kick and then all the way down the field and score. Well, you're supposed to have long odds to win the game. You're down. You've been down the whole damn time. It's not supposed to be good odds for you to win the game. You're supposed to be down and out. There's supposed to be miracle situations. Like, it's not supposed to be easy for you. It's supposed to be hard. And I feel like that's the part where I'm like, I don't know. Like, do I really need to see? And, you know, like, do I really need to see a team go for fourth and 15 and go all the way down? It added great drama for their league. Like, if I'm the XFL, I kind of want exclusivity to some portion of it, too. Because as much as you want to be a minor leagues for the future NFL, which is what all these leagues want, you still want some uniqueness to your game that's going to draw people in, don't you? Like, I get it. From a, from a Chiefs perspective, yeah, this yes. would be a great rule for Kansas City. They have Patrick Mahomes. They are way more likely to convert, what, all of those? You, yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're the XFL, that, it, it's, it's development, but it's also a way to experiment with some rule changes. Heck, with their kickoff. Have you, you've seen the kickoff that they're doing in the XFL and, and how different that is. I don't necessarily like that, but they're trying to show that you can still have kick because they're worried. There's a lot of people that think eventually kickoffs are going to go yeah, away. Yeah, they're going to go away. People the are just going to start at the. The XFL is basically shown, and what they're trying to do is where both teams are further back, and you cannot start running until the player catches the ball. So it prevents the 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 strong, you know, the head head collision, the very dangerous type aspect of the play, where someone's standing where, still and the other person you, is to running. Where at you full still speed. get kickoff returns. It at least makes it to where you don't avoid having kickoffs altogether. I mean, I guess, but again, I the NFL, if they eliminate those, I'm not gonna be it's one of the more exciting plays in the NFL, like when it goes somewhere, but and obviously the punt return and all the you know, like I understand the notion behind it, but those are not the things that I go to the NFL the most. It's not the thing that I demand to see the most. I really feel like when I'm looking at it from across the board, this is just feels like and unnecessary. There's so many things I want the NFL to fix before I'm like, hey, give me some better options on the uh, onside kick availability. You're supposed to lose that game. I don't feel bad for you. You don't need better choices. You don't need an out here. Play a closer game. 
You know, a few times I felt like Patrick Holmes needed a fourth and 15 in order to win it? Onside kicks are a waste of everybody's time, though. Because they've made them pretty much unwinnable. Because of the safety aspect, they've made they've changed the rules on those. Like onside kicks just yeah, a just keep just tinkering a with that a little bit. It's a waste of time for everybody. Make it so it's a five percent chance. How many onside kicks were actually successfully? Uh, a couple. Like I mean, honestly, it might be four. I mean, it's it's, it's I such a small. I don't number. need more than that. That feels like a perfectly fine number to me. It's a long shot. It's supposed to be a long shot. You are down and out. Times are bleak. They are their darkest day. It's not supposed to be an easy thing to come back and win the game. They don't want to just let a team back in the game who's been out You're of it. You're acting like everybody's going to convert fourth and 15s every single mm, time. I know, but Mahomes will convert about half well, of them. Mahomes is different. <laughs> it's a little unfair. He's a little bit different, Oh, the rest of the league converts him at like 10 or 15%. Our guy Josh Klingo did text in. He said that maybe Anthony Lynn could end up back in the, uh, the AFC That's West. That's true. Uh, Last year spent three, time with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, three, f- 5% of onside kicks were recovered. That's fine. And and uh, if you're wondering, in 2021, 16% were recovered. And 2020, 4.4%. I'm fine with that ratio. That seems like a perfectly nice number. I'm for entertainment and excitement. So, you're, you know, if you tell me that. Do you want to, I'm just curious, but do you want like I a four or five answer, point line? I think the difference is because we have Mahomes. You're like, you don't want it because you're like, it's not necessary. We already got the guy we're winning not normal needed. and it's not needed. Yeah. I think that's, I also think that's part of it. Because you're like, well, I don't want other teams having a chance to come back on our, our, our team. Yeah, Mahomes gets a late touchdown drive. They don't need another chance. No, they're good. Them have to His late touchdown drive is going to be for the win. Yeah. Yeah. Not for the chance to score another one. The man's only lost by double digits like three times in five full NFL seasons as a starter that includes five deep playoff runs and two Super Bowl wins. Yeah, I, it's cool. I, I don't really need desperation stuff. That's yeah, for losers. I just I just enjoy where a game that we think is over with two and a half yeah. minutes to go and an onside kick gets converted 4% of the time instead. It's a fourth and 15. That still might be converted at a low percentage, but we all know what's more exciting to watch, a uh, play, an actual football play involving the quarterback or a damn kicker trying to pop the ball up in the air and hope that someone can get their fingertips on it and it maybe takes an awkward bounce and someone screws up. Fourth and 15, a lot of options. A lot of weird things can happen on a fourth and 15. I don't want them to happen. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you know what? This is one of the few times I don't want to change anything. I'm good with the way it is. You know what? It was great once. It'll be it'll be fine forever, apparently, is how I feel. All right, coming up next, we'll get to what's trending. Still expected to have Michael Massey of the Kansas City Royals uh, call into the show from Surprise, Arizona. We'll talk to him, and uh, we'll also get into one area that could be elite next year for the Chiefs on defense. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, Josina Anderson reporting the Chiefs have discussed bringing in former Texans offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton for a possible spot on Andy Reid's staff. Uh, he spent multiple years in the league, well-respected. Some people had considered him uh, for the OC gig up in Buffalo last year, I think, or excuse me, with the Giants last year before yeah. Mike Kafka took the he's OC He's head coach in the, the AAF, is that yeah, where he, he was before like he ended up coming back to the NFL? Yeah, yeah, he's like the coach of the Defenders or, I don't know, one of those. Um, interesting name. I mean, obviously we know with EB now the OC in, in D.C., that Matt Nagy is likely to become the OC. That's the full expectation. So there's a quarterback spot slash – whatever other title you want to give maybe to Pep Hamilton. So a name to watch, I, I think uh, it would be another perspective. Yeah. I mean, he's mostly regarded pretty well around the league. I know anytime you see a guy who coached for the Texans last year, you think, eh, do I want anyone who's coaching with the Texans? I think we were all a little bit surprised. He stayed with the Texans for an extra year, but if it ends up, he ends up in Kansas city on the offensive staff. It seems like a good fit for me. I wouldn't complain at all. Next up on watch training, Aaron Rodgers has returned from his darkness retreat and now the league waits to see what decision he makes. It's fairly clear based on the way the contract is structured, the language in the contract, that he is mostly going to be making this decision. 
Like when you look at what Aaron Rodgers going to do next, he had said that he'd hope to return from this darkness retreat with a better idea of where he would go. He's concluded it after three or four days, and now he's back there. So we'll find out whether or not he decides he wants to stay in Green Bay. I don't think he's going to retire, or if he's going to try to force them to let him go to another city. Remember, he has a full no-trade clause. He'd yeah. actually have to change language in his contract to allow himself to be traded, which, of course, if he's willing to do, they will you know, probably be there. I wouldn't do it if I were Jets. I'd just sign Derek Carr or trade for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Lamar... Lamar's might might end up taking longer, but I think Lamar Jackson's situation in Baltimore has got to the point where I, I don't know. More even than Rodgers staying in Green Bay, I, don't, I think Lamar's situation staying in Baltimore is, is way less likely at this point. Yeah, I would way, way more likely to bet that Aaron like Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Done. It seems like both sides are just done with Baltimore. You know, with, with each other, I should say. He's done with Baltimore, and Lamar, and, and the Ravens are done with Lamar. The real question is, will somebody else give Lamar what he wants, which is a nearly fully guaranteed contract similar to that as Deshaun Watson? And that, I don't, I don't know. Think so. If you're I desperate enough so. for quarterback, Jets might. Next up on What's String, a little update in Missouri on sports wagering. We know Kansas last year passed sports betting. Missouri still has not done so. The session is underway. Uh, today, two bills did advance. So uh, the Missouri House out of committee advanced. Sports wagering bills, they'll go to the House floor now. Uh, also out of the Senate, one sports wagering bill, uh, the only one that is just sports wagering, advanced out of the Senate committee. That'll go to the Senate floor. The bill from Senator Denny Hoskins that had video lottery terminals attached to sports wagering, which has become a huge issue over the last three years, uh, did not come out of committee. That prompted Senator Hoskins to uh, to filibuster for a little bit. That has ended after like two hours, and now they're on to other business. Two hours? What a quitter! Um, that's it, so, Nick. You could filibuster longer than that. Might have been even more than two. But anyway, what about you? Um, so that's where I things 10, are 12, at maybe. right now. Both bills heading to the respective floors at a future date. The bill will pass out of the House. That's not the problem. It'll come down to the Senate again, and whether or not Senator Hoskins decides to filibuster on that particular day. To prove I'm willing to filibuster, would that be just me saying I'll solo host all three shows? I'll do morning, afternoon, and and like midday. You have to drag your ass out of here. You're just gonna leave the mic on for for, for 12, twelve straight hours. hours. Just me. Hope you're not trying to listen to anything else on this. I feel radio like we are definitely. Um, qualified to just filibuster like if there's like just because again you can they don't you don't have to be talking about this current subject they talk about anything if, if you oh, want to pull up all big trouble if now. you want to just pull up the constitution and just read it for the rest of the day you can do that like that's the kind of stuff that people can do when they're filibustering if you want to read the newspaper you want to read the, the sports case read, i think i'd read wanna, like the play-by-play that led the chiefs to the super yeah. bowl or something i'd if, find a way to eat up some of that time don't you want to just want to read pete's book over and over about the dynasty Speaking All of which, I, I have secured us some copies coming my way soon. So if you guys want a copy of Pete's book. Oh, nice. You support Pete. You bought a bunch of copies. I got Yeah. I am a big supporter of Pete. You bought them. Big Pete's Week supporter. You bought all the yes, copies. Yes, all the copies. With your own money. They were obtained. So you didn't get them for free. You you actually spent they, your hard-earned money to support Pete. They were obtained. You bought 20 copies of your own money. Uh, I Of your own money. I We got them. You did not buy them. <laughs> That's what's trending. So much for supporting the guy. You asked for free copies. If you were re- really supporting our guy, Pete Sweeney, you would have actually purchased the books, not asked for free copies. <laughs> Freeloading ass Unbelievable, okay. man. Unreal. Supporting right. by mentioning it. Let's head out to Arizona. Of course, that's where the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It's where the Royals are having spring training out in surprise, and they get their first spring training game of the year underway tomorrow afternoon. And uh, always good to have, we can call him friend of the show now, Michael Massey with us. Michael, what's going on, man? I know you just wrapped up some hitting. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're on that basis now. I'm a, I'm a friend of the show, so 
Uh, no, thanks for having me guys on. Yeah, it was, uh, was, was getting carved up a little bit by the, uh, <laughs> the sequencing of the machine, but we got a long time, so we're in a good spot. Yeah, you know, look, the uh, the internship is on pause, obviously, at this point. I know you got, you know, more pressing matters to handle, like your big league career. Uh, but then the internship can maybe be back on, and, and, you know, after October or so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan on staying out in Kansas City and just uh, shadowing you guys around and hopefully uh, get out uh, for another Chiefs Super Bowl run. Before we uh, talk about some of the baseball stuff related to the team and where you guys are looking to go this year, I did see that Dan Graziano has acknowledged the fact that we were looking for him in the middle of the show. How that, happy were you to see that Dan Graziano now knows who you are? Dude, you have no idea how excited <laughs> I was when I was sitting at my locker and I opened Twitter and I saw in the mentions from Dan Graziano. I mean, I it, it, the only thing that would have been better is if I was actually watching the show and didn't know it was coming. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a close second, just sitting at my locker, opening it up. I told Vinny, I'm like, hey, Gra- Graziano. Uh, mentioned us in a tweet. He was like, "No way, no way." Uh, so yeah, that was that was a cool uh, that was a cool experience. We were joking today, Michael, that Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat uh, for like four days of darkness. Would you? How long do you think you'd be able to last at one of these darkness retreats where you're in like I guess this very tall little or small little hut for four hour for four days with no no light? You get a queen bed, and that's about it. Yeah, no, I I don't really know what that's about. Um, I mean, whatever he's been doing, it's been working against the Bears. So um, <laughs> you know, that's that's for sure. But uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting move. Maybe one of these off seasons uh, we'll have to we'll have to try it out. Michael, one of the things I hadn't realized until Vinny had pointed out we were sitting down there at Radio Row is this is your first ever like real spring training. How is it varied here in just the first few weeks versus what you're accustomed to? Yeah, I, Vinny was actually joking about it because technically his first real spring training won't be till next year because he's doing the, the yeah. WBC. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been a little bit different every year with, with COVID and the lockout and uh, everything that's gone on. So uh, kind of nice to, to have a routine and, and uh, get into a rhythm. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see some, some good results here coming up. How do you fight the I've made it portion of it versus the, like, you know, obviously you, you spent some time in the, the majors last year but are obviously trying to make sure that that time is extended. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's always a, a goal of any any player that puts on a uniform to get there. Uh, but then once you get there, to me, it's not even about staying there. It's about winning there. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even use the phrase that we've made it. Um, you know, obviously we've gotten to the big leagues. But uh, to me, making it is, is uh, doing what the Chiefs are doing, putting together a, a really good franchise and a team that's going to win for, for years to come. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of work here to be done and, and a lot of motivation uh, within the clubhouse. We're talking to Michael Massey here on 610 Sports Radio. So with, with that said, where do you feel you're at, though? I mean, if you were to to consider where you were at a year ago when you when you weren't on, on the big league club until later on in the season to where you are now just as a baseball player. Yeah, I got a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously just the, the competition and, um, you know, facing the best guys in the world every night will, uh, will definitely – it'll make you get better. Uh, but you know, I, I've said this in the past. I'm not. I'm not a huge expectations guy. So, um, you know, I don't really like to look at the end result. I think that that's really easy. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to be in the big leagues. Um, that doesn't really make you any different than anybody. So, what I've always tried to do as a player is, is kind of lift up the hood and and look at the things that help get those results and and really just try to hone in every day on those things. So, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do out here. How would you rate the confidence level of the team? Because like so many guys, just so young, right? talking about wanting to win and put together what the Chiefs are how, how confident of a young group is it yeah I, I think uh, I mean time will tell right now you know let's uh, put our we'll have to put our, our money where our mouth's at uh, soon here so um, you know just just 
again, I think it, it goes back to just doing the little things every single day. And, um, you know, again, I can only speak personally, but I get a ton of confidence from just coming in and, and doing the things I know I'm supposed to do. And, um, taking care of that stuff and, and letting the result be the result and uh, certainly don't ignore the result, but you, you look at the result only to, you know, not get attached to it, but to uh, adjust your process so that, uh, you know, hopefully you can, you can get the desired result that you want at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I know my confidence is high, uh, certainly when I'm, when I'm working as hard as, uh, as we've been working out here. We had Nikki Lopez on the show yesterday, and he said, he goes, you know, everybody on the outside wants to call it a competition for between you and him for, for this spot or whatever, but he's like, that's not how he would phrase it. How, how would you describe your relationship with Nikki? And then also uh, what, what appears from the outside, at least to be a competition for, for, for second base. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's just, he's, he's more of a role model for me. Um, you know, he's somebody, um, you know, obviously it's from my area. So I've, I've looked up to him for, for a long time and it's really cool to, to get the chance to play with him. And um, yeah, you know, it's not, it isn't a competition. I mean, it is and it isn't like if it's not me and Nikki, it's somebody else. And, you know, you're, it's the major leagues and, and there's only 750 jobs on, on any given day. So, uh, you're always going to be competing, you know, he'll be competing for the rest of his career. I'll be competing for the rest of my career, uh, you know, for a job to play. So I think we're just going about it, uh, you know, the right way. And, and, uh, you know, he, he's helping me out probably a heck of a lot more than, than I can help him out. But, um, yeah, just, he, he's a great teammate and, uh, a guy I look up to. Do you guys talk a lot of bears? You know, surprisingly not, you know, I, we're certainly on the same page with the bears. Um, but you know, I, I, the, the football talk's kind of been been uh, dwindled down here as we've gotten into camp and uh, kind of that the dead period a little bit in the NFL. But uh, you know, I'm sure I'll, it's going to be a big off season for the Bears, so I'm, I'm sure it'll heat up soon here. Spring training comes with quite a bit of like, in my experience, it comes with quite a bit of free time. Like I know that sounds silly, but there is like there's a there's more dead time or downtime than there would be in like a regular MLB season. What are you doing with it, right? How do you fill that time? How are you spending it just when you've got that little bit of extra time? Yeah, it, you know, it is it is crazy. It's like it, it feels like you're on the field forever, and, and there's some long days in spring training. Um, but like you said, I mean, most of the time you're done by June? 2 or 3 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it depends. I mean, I'm a Me slow noon. mover. Yeah. I, I'm not very efficient. Uh, you know, I like to hang out a little bit. But, um, yeah, for me, most of the time, I don't have any family out here right now, so it's just been – it's I've been getting my rest and uh, you know really trying to be a hundred percent focused on uh, on what we're doing here and, and making sure that I have the energy to come in every day and and take care of what I need to take care of and then uh, when I'm away from the field just recovering as best as I can and uh, you know making sure I get my legs under me I think that's the biggest thing about this time of year is just really understanding that you got to recover each day and you got to you got to eat good food and um, you know get the proper rest because we're in that phase where we're building up and uh, you know you certainly don't want any setbacks this time of year. Michael, we uh, we had Kyle Isbell on last hour, and he had mentioned he was at the Super Bowl, and he said that was the first NFL game yeah, he's, he's ever screwed. been to. Yeah, yeah. like what? <laughs> like, that's that's the pinnacle. He can't do anything more than that. Yeah. No, he was. We were asking. He was like, uh, he's like, I want to go to another one. It's like, well, you better wait for the Super Bowl next year. Because, <laughs> and, and you know, the funny part about it is like that was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched too. So like that's even that was a good Super Bowl game. Uh, you know, beyond everything else. So yeah, he's. He should probably just move on to a different sport because, um, yeah, it's not getting any better than yeah, that. Yeah, because how many, how many NFL games do you think you've been to in your life? Uh, you know, not that many. Obviously, the, the Chiefs won this past year, and, and it's so hard to get a ticket for the Bears, even though they're not good. There's only 60,000 seats at Soldier Field, and it's like the one thing in Chicago that everybody is united on. Like, everyone is a Bears fan. Um, so it's just, I mean, like I was looking at tickets – during the during the off season to try to go to like the Bears Lions game, and the worst seat in the house is like 180 bucks. Um, 
So I've I've only been to probably three or four Bears games. I know that hurts my credibility, but I, I got to be honest. <laughs> Look, everybody, you know it's easier to watch in the they, NFL's made it easy to watch those games at home. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's <laughs> like I don't Gold. You've probably been to uh, fifty Chiefs games at this rate. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> I would say but we all right, do it a little bit different. Experience... I haven't gone to nearly that amount, so don't worry about it. But you're right. Yeah, the viewing experience at home is is way better. What's the What's the setup though with like uh, the room the roommate situation and I guess what the crib is looking like out in Arizona? Um, yeah, so I, I uh, I'm actually living with Logan Porter. Uh, Log- Logan Porter is from Surprise, Arizona. He's got a super cool story on uh, on how he's at where he's at. If you guys don't know it. Um, he, he's from Surprise, went to wow. uh, a college called Dixie State, and uh, was actually a clubby here in, in Arizona growing up. And I think when he came back as well, and uh, they needed they needed a guy to catch some bullpens, so he he volunteered to catch some bullpens. And uh, lo and behold, he's in he's in AAA knocking on the door right now. So um, he's I'm staying with him and uh, his parents out here, and then uh, my family I think is coming out mid March. So. Um, I got a really uh, – I got an Airbnb out in, in Surprise that uh, cost me quite a bit of money. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think it's that nice of a house. So. Dude, look, I, when I stayed there for six weeks, it was in a studio apartment, and it was quite sad. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that it's – it doesn't sound like it's way worse than that. Plus, I bet – you know, I bet Logan Porter's parents like cookies and meals and stuff, right? Then that, oh. that sounds like a great setup. Oh, my goodness. They – yeah, they <laughs> – I mean, we had, I think the first night out here, we had like surf and turf and, uh, and every time I offer to pay them, they just, they throw the money right back in my room. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm starting to call it the, the Porter, uh, Porter bed and breakfast. <laughs> I think you might have to like set this up every year. Like just as long as Logan's Porter's around, you might want to set this up as your permanent <laughs> spring training home. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't care if he's around or not. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Befriend his parents and then you can just yeah. go back whenever that's the yeah. way it works. Yeah, who, Logan lives in Tampa. I don't need to go through him. <laughs> Michael, appreciate you, you stopping by, man. Good to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, guys. There you go. That's Michael Massey out in Surprise, Arizona, wrapping up uh, some hitting drills right before he came on with us. And then tomorrow, Cactus League opener against the Rangers right here on 610 Sports Radio. That's I look up the Logan Porter. He, he actually had like 13 home runs for the Naturals last year. I think it was for the Naturals. Uh, he was split time crazy. between double and triple. I think. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. That you're just you're able to just stay with somebody that actually is from Surprise, Arizona. The the chances of him being in the Royals organization while also in Surprise. But uh, Michael Massey. I mean, we we we've obviously had him on a couple times on our show now, and then we had Nikki on yesterday. I mean, that that will be one of those areas to really follow as as camp gets really revved up starting tomorrow. And we'll have a chance to talk to Vern about it as camp continues as well. It's just, I know the competition word or whatever, but that's what it is, right? I mean, it's Michael Massey and Nikki Lopez are, are competing for the second base spot with this big league club. It's going to be kind of what they are. And it's going to be, I think that there's still room for both, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nikki played a lot of games at short and a lot of games at third base last year. And while I think that they'll probably just try to stick by I mean, Nick, Nikki told us yesterday because of the World Baseball Classic, he's only he's working only at shortstop short. for the first two weeks or whatever of training. Yeah. Or, uh, Look, they'll training. still use him some at short. Like, you can protect. Like, to me, your long-term future with Bobby Wood Jr. is probably at third anyway. He is more than athletically gifted enough to play shortstop. But right now, Nikki plays a better short. So you can... With his athleticism, you can teach him to play gold glove third base. Not that he can't play gold glove shortstop, but Nicky already plays at that level. And if you're trying to make room for Massey and you want more right-handed hitters and you're kind of looking for this mix, there's a little bit of that. I think it'll be interesting to see which way that comes out. The That's going to be 
that's going to be one of the very few position battles we're actually paying attention to. Because the other one would have been Kyle Isbell and Drew Waters in center field. And because Drew Waters has that oblique injury, we're not talking about that anymore. By the way, could you imagine growing up in surprise, being a clubby for the Royals, and then still end up possibly playing for them in the major league club? That would be it's one of the better stories in the entire Royals, probably, right? I don't know. Logan Porter's still going to break through, but at his position, catcher, you know they could always use an extra guy. Plays first base, I think, in catches. Also, have you ever heard of Dixie State? I actually have. What? Only because there was a couple minor leaguers that played for the uh, the Boise Hawks or whatever that I want to say. Who went to Dixie State? I, I, what the hell is it? I don't know, but I've heard of the college. I don't know. Look it up. Utah Tech. That's why. There you go. There you go. That's, that that's explains why the Boise it. In the Idaho part. Utah Tech, also known as the Dixie State. St. George, Utah. This is I was like, how would there you, you have heard of Dixie State? It's yeah. Yep. The Utah connection. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together now. There you go. That's the the one thing I like about like it happens way more in baseball than other sports. Baseball, man, you can play in the the tiniest little D two D three barely heard of it school. Almost doesn't matter, gold, and you can still be a big leaguer. Like in football, it's pre- it's it's a lot. It's not that it never happens, but it's a lot less likely that you're gonna play at some tiny little school barely anyone's ever heard of and have this like you know big time career. But in baseball, it doesn't matter. Aberpools went to Maple Woods that eventually yeah. became one of baseball's greatest players. Thanks to Kyle Isbell and Michael Massey for joining us from Surprise Arizona today. Uh, tomorrow we'll have another Royals player, I'm sure, joining us from uh, Surprise Friday already. I mean, we're at a Friday show. Well, We've had a couple I mean, we Friday. did take two days off. We'll this have week, a Friday. So. <laughs> we'll have some Friday shows throughout the week, and we'll have an actual Friday one tomorrow. I did get a text, and Rob even came in, of course, from the from the drive and said, what was the first three minutes of your show like today? Oh, yeah, there was a text in the group chat about uh, Sean Barber had some comments about the first few minutes of our show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen, to the, first, listen to the first three minutes of the show. Did Sean Barber approve of it? He did not. <laughs> he, did, he did not. What, is he a virgin or something? <laughs> The drive. With now we get a text about the last three minutes. See dot are coming up next. There's Kelsey to the end zone.